It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's Jason Wilde with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers on ESPN Wisconsin. With Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. How you doing? I'm good. How's the? Uh, how, how are the sound settings over there? Yeah, they're not very good yet. I gotta get this thing straight. Here. I need more treble. Yeah, but it's all about the bass. That's it is. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, is Trainer. the coffee done over there? You I good? don't know. I'm not having. I just actually had a cup earlier, so oh, one cup a day okay. here. I'm gonna have to drink that whole pot by myself. Yep. How's it going? Good. Still playing, so that's good. That's a that's as your coach would say. That's a positive. Um. How's the calf? It's good. Yeah. Did yeah. It come uh, did it come out of the game any better than uh, any worse for wear? Any better than you expected? Uh, how's it feel? No, to both of those, no, no better. And uh, I don't know what the other thing said, but uh, worse for wear. Is it is it worse? Is it better? Is it about the same? It's worse in the game than when I started the game. Yeah. Sure. But uh, yeah, it's doing okay. You know, it's it's. Uh, Probably, I think a lot of people are tired of it. I'm tired of talking about it, but it is what it is. It's a it's a significant injury, and you know, training staff did a great job of helping me to get ready to play, and uh, was able to get through it. Uh, and uh, be similar similar schedule this week, probably as far as practice time. But uh, yeah, I'll be definitely playing. Do you um do you think we could either give out your email address or create one, uh, maybe AOL or Hotmail? Earthlink. Do people still use AOL? I don't know. Uh, yeah, Rob Domofsky does. He's got an AOL account. Um, R. Domofsky at AOL.com. I think it's his nickname. I think it's got Demo in it somewhere. Um, but you mentioned this after the game, and i got to tell you, I've gotten no fewer than three dozen emails That's from 36, fans. right? That is, yeah. You're, okay, you, I, yeah. you're a smart guy. Um, with homeopathic remedies, with... I've got a guy who's really pushing stem cell therapy, um, so I think you should consider that. Uh, pressure points, um, a v- variety of exercises. Uh, you you did say that you've been getting those communicated to you. Yes, I have. Um, a lot of them. <laughs> have, uh, ha- which ones have made you maybe laugh the most, and have there been any that you guys kind of looked at each other in the training room and said, that might not be a bad idea. Not really the second part there. <laughs> but, you know, like I said for the game, it's it is in uh, in you know the intentions are incredible, and I and you know first of all, I really appreciate all the support uh, and uh, and concern, um, but I can promise you that uh, you know we're doing everything we can to, to uh, uh, use all the knowledge that they have and, and outside knowledge to get me uh, back on the field. I did mention after the game. Uh, how, how I've been doing some acupuncture, which has helped, and, and uh, always have had a great, uh, um, you, you know, uh, massage routine during the week, uh, soft tissue stuff, and, and some fascia work. That always helps. Um, but the, the stuff that we do at the stadium is uh, very beneficial as well, and those guys do a great job. Uh, but the, it, it has been uh, has been great. You know, the one that I, I will mention uh, is uh, I don't know if Mike Silver wrote about this, but it was the the uh, the T touch method. Um, I think it's called the Tellington T Touch. Okay. And uh, first of all, thank you for reaching out. Um, you know, really appreciate it. But uh, 
uh, I did watch the video of it, and, and it's a technique that's usually used on uh, dogs and horses as a human-to-animal connection. Um, it was uh, I, the thing I, I maybe didn't quite get uh, from the video was how it could work on me. But, again, I'll say I appreciate the, uh, the concern there. And it seems to be uh, something that's really beneficial for the uh, human-to-pet interaction and, uh, and uh, support there. Um, to jump off of not the human-to-pet part of that, but the I haven't concern. tried it on Chance yet, I'll tell you that much. Chance, not yes. Um, some of your favorite moments of your career have been about how fans have reacted to you. The 2008 game against the Lions and and coming out of the tunnel with the broken collarbone. Coming out of the tunnel um, a couple weeks ago. Does it make you feel good that people care this much? I mean, I don't think they're sending it to you just because they want their Packers to win. I, I, I think that they genuinely have come in the last 10 years, especially the last seven as a starter, have come to care about you a lot. Yeah, they do, and uh, it's it's really appreciated. There's been some great moments over the years. Um, it was kind of it didn't quite hit me until we walked uh, off the field that it was going to be our last game at Lambeau this year. But it's been such a great year at home, so many great memories, and and uh, to finish the season nine and zero at home was was very special. Um, there's just a great connection between the the fans and and uh, us, the players, and, and a great appreciation for. The role that they play in, in uh, helping us have that uh, that great home field advantage. Were you were you giving them the? Was that the "I love you" you it were was, giving them? Yes, it was. Okay, it was either that or you were channeling your inner uh, Tom Crabtree, and you were getting ready to headbang when she got through the I, thing. Yeah, I but. think that's minus the thumb there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, but that's what I thought it was. I thought it was sign language for "I love you," and that's what it was. It was, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, w- one, uh, two other things, and then I'll stop bothering you about this. Um, you said here on the show last week about the calf possibly popping. If it happens, it happens. And I'm wondering if you altered your mentality at all in the second half and kind of threw caution to the wind a little bit. T.J. Lang had said he thought you might have done that. I think there were others of us that maybe thought that too. Did you did you change anything at all? I mean, you're down 21 to 13. Your season's over if you lose. Did something change there in your approach, or are we both crazy? Yeah, nothing changed in the approach. Okay. Um, there was some apprehension on getting out of the pocket and doing some of those things uh, that stayed with me the entire game. Um, but uh, I was, for whatever reason, able to move to my left a little bit easier, hopping on my right as I threw the ball to Richard for the touchdown um, and not having to put a lot of pressure on the left foot. So there was, uh, it wasn't any of that. It was, it was about being smart and, and, uh, playing within my uh, restrictions there. And you're smarter now having done it for three games than maybe you were in the Detroit game where you'd only done it once, you think? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it, anytime you move and it and you feel the the uh, the pain, obviously you're going to stop doing what you're doing <laughs> right there. So that's, right. Uh, it's pretty easy when you have an injury like this to uh, to know your limitations, but it does help to get out there and, and move around and see kind of what those limitations are. One other thing, I, uh, I've said this before on the show, I have all the respect in the world for Doc McKenzie. I trust Paula and the girls, and, and me, although I'm not as important as them, uh, to him. After everything you went through last year with the collarbone, everything you're going through this year with the calf, what is that relationship like for you? It's been great. There's a lot of, a lot of trust uh, on both sides, and um, we actually had some... Uh, 
some hand signals uh, during the game uh, after plays to let him know how I was feeling um, that we we kind of came with, up with during the week. So uh, thumb down actually meant I'm doing really good. So a couple times I gave a thumb down over the sidelines. I was giving it to Doc McKenzie to let him know I'm feeling good. Uh, um, it's kind of like New York Bozo. It's just kind of, you know, it doesn't really mean a whole lot what you think it means. So um, Everyone thinks that that's Governor Christie, but Governor Christie's from New Jersey. Yeah, I don't. That's a. I feel like that's a slap in my in my intelligence, there, right? I, I think people. I, I think what people thought was that you would never do something quite so obvious as New Jersey bozo. So maybe it was kind of a way to get at it without uh, actually coming out and saying that. That was not the case. No, that's wrong. So what? So what are you doing? What are, are you just entertaining yourself? I mean. You, you said that it didn't have any impact. We, d- I did have a Ask Aaron question. Um, oh, let's get right to it. Well, we'll get to that one since yeah. we've we've started talking about it now. Um, DJ says you used the, you called it a, you said it was a dummy call, um, and it's funny because you smirked as you said it, according to DJ. Uh, my question is smirked well, as I said what in, in my post game or on, at the I, line? I I don't know. Yeah, I, I'll tell you this: we don't have the audio during the game up in the press box and my twitter timeline filled with new york bozo i just see a lot of the uh what do they call them when they, is it memes is it what the i don't even know i, I just think found so. out what gif meant recently uh but i, I thought see. you were young and cool man i've been away from twitter too long okay it's every six months i, I, I gotta I spend don't. the off season catching up so um so it doesn't mean anything but what was the inspiration for it? I can't tell you that. You can't share that either. Um, I can't tell you if it means anything, if there's inspiration. I can't tell you. Okay. That. DJ would like to know if you could maybe use uh, Indigo 51 or As You Wish as a dummy call in Seattle. No. Okay. But you're coming up with these? I mean, these are your creation? I don't know. Maybe. Jeez. I love it when you go into stealth mode. All right, let's get back to my questions, because at least you were answering those. Um, so what's this week going to be like for you guys? You know, you, you were... Well, we're off today. We're going to practice Wednesday, yep. practice Thursday, uh, and then... And then uh, you're going to fly out on Friday. Yeah, fly out Friday. Um, have a nice meal out there on Friday, and then Saturday... Uh, go to the market. Yep. Throw Maybe, some fish around. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I we lived in Portland. I went up uh, to Seattle, and we took the uh, the ferry across the Puget Sound, which was a really nice. Uh, it actually didn't rain that day, thankfully, um, but it was a nice little uh, trip up there. Um, I was more Beautiful city. Great music. It scene. is a great yeah. town. Yeah. yeah, great music scene. Very clean. A lot of Starbucks. Yep. yep. Do you, do you, uh, do you venture out into the city when you're there? Like, what will you do when you get to town? I mean, now you'll have two nights there as opposed to one. Yeah, I'll probably go find a spot for a good scotch or a coffee, maybe a combination of both. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you like the fact that you guys are going early? You've never you've never done that under Mike, Mike McCarthy. You yeah. did it under Mike Sherman. In fact, I feel like Mike Sherman like went on this binge where you guys were leaving on Friday like all the time at one point. Not when I was there. Not in 05, actually. It was before you? Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm all for it. I think it's great. You know, we're playing uh, an hour earlier than they've actually played a home game before. Um, right. It's 12 on the West Coast, uh, which is 2, obviously, Central. Um, you know, our, our home games here are usually at noon, Central, or at 325. So it's kind of an in-between time. 
and I think we just wanted to make sure that we get out there and get settled and not have to fly in later on a Saturday and then I have kind of a disjointed schedule right. uh, on game day, so I, I like it. Okay. What what about in terms of the actual week and the hullabaloo that comes with being in a conference championship game? You were on the team in 07. You were obviously the starter in 10 during your run to the Super Bowl. What is this week like f- from that perspective and from a preparation perspective with what's on the line, and what do you talk to your guys about having been through it before? Well, there's a lot of distractions, I think. There's different people... Uh, you know, in uh, there's a lot more people in the locker room. There's some interesting press that that uh, seems to come in. There's guys who, there's different guys who probably haven't done a whole lot of interviews throughout the year who get opportunities. So I think it's about limiting those distractions uh, by anything you might say or do during the week. Um, but it's you know it's about trying to stay on your normal routine. I actually have to do two uh, press conferences this week, which is different. Um, so wait, you got to be at the podium? I think so. Both yeah. times? I know. You're philosophically opposed to that. I am. I am. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to win this battle, though. However, I will win the uh, the dress attire battle. Okay. What is the battle believe, to be had there? Well, I believe that I, I wore a Butte College sweatshirt at some point during the last run. I couldn't remember if it was the week after the championship game or if it was the week leading, leading up. up. Okay. But. Uh, Definitely look for that to, to surface, possibly. Okay. A shout out to my guys. Yeah, great. And I will, uh, I will just counter uh, with the truth here, in, in opposition to my buddy Mike Silver, who wrote an article about the uh, uh, the coincidence, which he said wasn't. It was it was more than that of me saying Butte College before uh, on the NBC games. Um, I've said on the show before. I said to Cal for the first seven years of my career, and right. I'm thinking about saying Butte College for the next seven. And then if I get seven more after that, then maybe Pleasant Valley, Pleasant High, Valley School High School. A little bit. And then if I get some more after that, I might give a shout-out to Whitford Elementary or maybe or Whitford Middle School or Vos Elementary. Okay. Uh, the Vos Eagles or maybe the Whitford uh, Coachman. It's actually their mascot. But what about the Midgets? The, the Chico Jaguars? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had a rough season, so I don't know if I can give them too much <laughs> of a shout-out. Um, is it good, you mentioned guys that are going to talk to the media that don't normally get the opportunity, but is it good to have some non-Super Bowl winning guys on your team? And, and there's an increasing number every year, obviously. Do you guys feel like you have a good mix of those type of guys? And is it good to have, you know, to use the phrase, uh, I won't use the exact phrase because he used a word that I can't use here, but Mike Daniels said, I haven't won blank as a player. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's right. I mean, he hasn't. And is it good to have those kind of guys on your team that haven't won the Super Bowl yet? Not that you guys that have your rings are complacent by any means, but does it? What kind of dynamic do you think that creates? Yeah, it's great. You know, it's a lot of guys who've, uh, you know, haven't uh, weren't here for the, uh, the Super Bowl run and everything that came with. Um, you know, they, they when they see a, a Super Bowl ring, it's a little different. Uh, glimmer in the eye than uh, somebody who's got it. I mean, it's a special thing to, to put that thing on. I've only worn it a few times, but... Did you wear it recently? Well, I'm just saying, if you see a Super Bowl ring, it's a little different. Because uh, Tremont had his on in the locker room, that's why I asked. Yeah, well, it's it's something special to uh, to look at and think about the memories and the guys that don't have them. Uh, that's, you know, that's why we play the game. It's just for uh, winning championships and, and creating that, uh, that legacy. So what do you take out of the first meeting? With the Seahawks, it was four four plus months ago. Um, 
What do you take out of it, and and how do you view your team as compared to the team that went out there four months ago? I think both teams are different. You know, there's there's always injuries that come into play, and there's the style of play that gets developed throughout the season. And we're obviously playing a little bit different than we were in the first week. We got uh, you know some young guys who were going to their first game that week. They got some young guys who were playing and we're playing different roles for them now. Um, so both teams are different. You you establish your character and your identity throughout the year, and and they went through a rough stretch, got the six and four, then finished out the season on on a, on a big high note. We were one and two, then went on a big run. Uh, to close out the season so you know both teams are playing the way they want to play uh, they've obviously been on a good run playing really well on both sides of the ball and we've been doing uh, second half of the season uh, defensively doing a great job and offensively kind of finding our identity so it's, it's two different two different teams than we met um, but you know the atmosphere is going to be uh, electric it's a very loud environment they, they got a great uh, great fan base that cheers you know very loud and, and uh, appropriate times uh, obviously you got a talented uh, talented defense and, and special teams and offense and you know you got to you got to play really good to win up there. How are you guys significantly better, you think? Like TJ and, and Brian both said that the offensive line was nowhere near what it is now. Corey was in his first start. Brian was playing a regular season game for the first time since November 2012. Is that the biggest way you're different, or what are some of the other ways? Yeah, I'm just getting a, a text message here that uh, I did go with the Butte sweatshirt on NFC Championship Week Wednesday, so... I was right about that one. Um, how are we different? Corey was in his first start. Who's, who's listening Don't to notify us? There's a couple people listening here who, who give me some updates. They're the only people that listen. I know the show's not popular in your opinion. but No, uh, Demo is probably listening right now. Uh, Corey was in his first start. I don't think start, he's going to tweet that. And he was getting a lot of a lot of prayers for him. I'm not sure if he'll get the same amount of prayers. Hopefully he will. We need we need all the prayers we can get at, at this point. Uh, but uh, And then Devontae. Barely played. I think he played about eight to ten snaps, yeah. uh, and then uh, Richard didn't play a whole lot either. And uh, so those guys are playing more of a significant roles for us. Obviously, Devontae had a really good game last week. Corey's played at a really high level, and Richard has made steady improvement throughout the year. So uh, we're different uh, with those three guys, and and uh, you know we're moving Randall around a little bit, moving Jordy around, and trying to find ways to get those guys in uh, good matchups. Okay, um, you know all about these guys' home field advantage. The number is 24-2 and two at home since the start of the 2012 season. But obviously you guys have to control what you can control. Um, why do you think your offense has been so star-spangled awesome at home and not as much on the road? And what makes it tougher for you to be running at optimal level on the road? Because you're going to have to be that, obviously, on Sunday. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, it's loud environments, um because you've been good on the I, – I, let me preface this by saying – or it's too late to preface it because I already said it. But you've been really good on the road historically, especially when you got to wear your favorite shoes. So I don't think it's necessarily a road thing. It's just, what, how the season has gone? Yeah. yeah you know, we, it's 4-4 four and four on the road this year and 8-0 at home. That's that's actually what we talk about every year is being uh, winning half your road games and winning yeah. uh, all the ones at home. We did that, took care of business in the first round, uh, our first uh, playoff game, and – you know, now we have a chance to uh, to go up and play the champs. So this is uh, this is what we uh, what we wanted to to do. The position we wanted to be in. Obviously, you know, maybe like it a tad bit more if we're playing at home. But uh, this is the road that we're on. So um, it's a tough environment. It's tough to win on the road. But uh, we're gonna have to go in and play a good game. Jordy's numbers have not been huge in the games you've lost. I know you've. It's only a four game sample size. But it, does having him involved and productive correlate to you guys having success? Because you did win last week. With him only having two catches, 
he's a great player. We got to find ways to give him the football, and um, you know we'll, we'll continue to do that. And uh, you know, other guys uh, need to step up though too. We saw Devontae last week. Randall's right. had a great season, and Richard and Q had had uh, big games as well. You're not happy though when you only get him the ball twice. I'm happy when we win, and I know he is too. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, what do you do about Richard Sherman? Obviously, he's great, and I know you and Mike said after the game the first time that it wasn't really a case of you game planning to ignore that side of the field. So what do you do other than not throwing his direction to make sure that he doesn't make a game-changing play on you? Well, you just you play it the way you always play it. You look for matchups, and you, and you go through your progression and throw it to the guy who's most open. Um, he's a great player. You watch the film back. uh wasn't like uh, the guy he was guarding was open. Um, <laughs> you know, not surprising. You know, that's why he right. gets paid the way he does, and, and he has the reputation that he does. He's a he's a great cover guy. He's very intelligent. He's got great ball skills. He's got uh, you know very good timing with his uh, you know with his technique, and, and he knows he knows how to cover people. So you just have to, you know you have to be uh, uh, aware of him. You know, not scared of him, but but you have a ton of respect for him. I mean, look at the look at the numbers. They don't lie. You know, right. on the ball, not a lot of guys catch passes on his side, and he's for the amount of times that he's targeted. Uh, his interception totals are, uh, are very impressive. So you just have to uh, have to you know have to play your game. But uh, if he's locking his guy down, he's probably not going to get a lot of passes thrown his way. The um, we we talked the other day about necessity being the mother of invention. You didn't help me at all with that phrase, if I recall, when we were talking about the pistol. You've now had to use it for several weeks. How do you think that's working? Do you th- it seems to be helping you, and it seems to be helping Eddie. He's really had production out of it. Is it is it a good thing? Yeah, it helps me out. Yeah, and I'm glad it helps Eddie out too. <laughs> Not having to go under center is uh, is helpful, but we'll see how the calf is feeling and see if we can do some more under center stuff this week. It just depend on uh, you know how 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 that goes about. But I'm I'm sure Eddie doesn't mind being uh, being kind of behind me. Uh, it's probably different when you're off to the side in the, in the shotgun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether strong or weak. But uh, you know, Eddie's a great runner, and he's just gonna. Keep on doing what he's doing. He's going to break tackles and, and read the holes correctly, and we expect him to, you know, to bring it every week. You mentioned um, you, you've mentioned before on the show the importance on both sides of the ball, and, and you take an interest in the defense, even though you're in charge of the offense. What do you think of the way Dom and Mike have gotten things changed since the bye, and, and how much does it help you? Uh, Julius used the phrase. Julius Peppers yesterday said he thought. Your performance defensively was a dominant performance. You said the stats may not indicate it, but when he watched the film, he thought they were pretty dominant. How do you feel about where your defense is at and what they've done in the last nine weeks? Well, I haven't watched the film, but just from the sidelines, it's it's very impressive, and it's fun to see those guys flying around and using some different personnel groups to get the job done. You know, I think the key is always uh, for your defense to play well is, is the pressure you can get uh, in the pass and uh, how you stop on a run. And it seems like they've been, uh, you know, DeMarco had a couple big runs, but for the most part, there were a lot of uh, you know shorter gains, and, and we forced a fumble, which was a big uh, big play for us. Got us three points there, so you know they did a, they did a great job. They're covering well on the back end, and they're mixing things up, and they're tackling well. And uh, when you put uh, put that all together, that that's going to equal some uh, some production and some uh, some limited uh, limited numbers for the other offense. I always uh, say you. You play quarterback, you don't play GM on the radio or in real life, and then I usually ask you a GM-related question. Um, well, let's not change it then. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want Julius back? 
would you would that what would that mean to you guys if uh, he's he's under contract he's got a big cap number not sure what's going to happen there uh, how do you feel about about having him on this team going forward you mean Jolius 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 yeah what, what is is that what Mike McCarthy calls yeah. him yeah <laughs> okay, so he thinks I'm. Uh, I can't say positive, but you can say Julius. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, love to have uh, Julius back. He's. Uh, <laughs> Is that St. Right there? I don't know. He's he's a great player. He's been great in our locker room. Um, I don't know that you know if we uh, we get this one, get the next one. He said he wants to play next year. Well, you think maybe he'll wa- ride off into the sunset with a Super Bowl title? Yeah, he's under contract. He's under contract, so there's nothing. There's nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk. God, you've got a real future. You could be, you know, Ted. Then maybe Elliot takes over at some point. Then you. What do you think? No. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you already talked about the Seahawks, so let's do it inside the helmet, and then we'll uh, get to ask Aaron and get you out of here. Yeah, I know you're itching to through. use that. Uh, what is that? A little. A little one-string. Um, it's a flossing, flossing thing, yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. Well, Just, you're playing with it. You're not using it. Well, I ha- well, I thought that that would be inappropriate to do in front of you, but yeah. you know, it's I, I had no salad here yet. Uh, it's probably gonna be next year when uh, somebody else takes. When it's the show. Scott Tolzien show. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> It'll be a good one. I'm gonna miss you, buddy. Scott's a funny guy. Yeah, he's great. I, I like. Mike Tao should do some call-ins too, probably. He's under contract with another station, oh, so I don't know if that's then. possible. Never mind. Uh, he might get fired. So <laughs> Welcome to the Cat Pig Show. Yeah. Let's uh, let's quickly go inside the helmet. Let's talk about that uh, touchdown to Richard Rodgers, if you don't mind. Um, you said that the window looked a lot bigger when you threw it than when it, the ball actually went through it. Yeah. Um, but. Can you take us through that play and, and maybe also how your relationship with Richard has evolved on the field because that was a pretty big trust throw there and, and a very big situation, and it worked out. It wasn't that big of a trust situation. I mean, he's got uh, incredible hands. I, I dare say the, the best hands on the team. Uh, really? Yeah, I mean, he, he went through a stretch in training camp where he didn't drop a pass. Um yeah, he's he's an exceptional player uh, with great potential for us. Um, obviously, he hasn't got a lot of opportunities, but he knows football. I mean, I think he's got got himself in really good shape. Have you seen uh, throughout the year? It seems to be that he's uh, he's leaning out actually, and uh, and becoming uh, um, just maybe a, a tad lighter. I don't I don't know if that's gonna if that's on purpose or if that's just the, the grind of the season. But um, it looks to be. Uh, him kind of putting himself in position to be maybe more of a, a pass pass catching threat, and he's made some big catches for us over the years. Uh, over the year, um, he had uh, you know the easy one in uh, in uh, Minnesota uh, where he's all alone, and then had a big one against New England, which was an uh, important one for us. And this one was just uh, you know him kind of running his post route and then continuing over the top of the defender as I moved to the left. Um, you know, kind of went through, and as I said to Mike Silver, he was kind of my second read. Initially, and then he was kind of basically number five as I moved to the left with number five with Q, and then Richard, and then and then uh, I think it was uh, Jordy in the slot, and then Devante, and then uh, Randall out of the backfield, and then back kind of the Richard as he was. Uh, so you went through all those. Yeah, I can't say I looked uh, a whole lot at the corner, but I did. Uh, I did go from Q, who was giving me some sort of pre-snap signal. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, <laughs> that's what I love about Q. Sometimes it gives you some signals out there, and, and uh, 
because he, he was a smart guy, and and, uh, and sometimes you give him a, the option to run certain stuff, but he was giving me a foreign signal there, so I don't know what he was thinking. But uh, after I came back off of him, looked to Richard, looked to Devontae, uh, and uh, and Randall kind of as the same kind of read, and then uh, felt somebody grabbing on, moved to the left, and was able to uh, to hit him. The, the, the key for me was I knew that uh, Q's defender would be kind of in the area, so if you watch my eyes on the, on the playback, I just had to I had to hold uh, his defender, which I believe was Wilcox on the play, just for just a half uh, half beat there, and then uh, that's why I felt like as I threw it that the window was large enough for the ball to get in there. Okay, let's uh, let's get to the Ask Aaron questions. Your All favorite right. part of the program. Uh, let's start with Doug, who says Scotch helps heal many an injury. What kind of Scotch do you drink? I am a Johnny Walker Blue guy. I gotta tell you, ever since you mentioned that, by the way, I probably get this question from three different people every week. I don't like these smoky ones, so non-smoky, uh, smoky. Yeah, sm- I don't like the smoky finish. Um, I do uh, for my birthday. I got a number of, uh, of very good bottles. Um, I enjoy uh, any of the Glenlivets. Uh, Twelve is is great. Fifteen, eighteen. I got a couple bottles of twenty-one. <laughs> Uh, for my birthday, it's one, that's twenty-one years aged. Oh, is that what? Okay, this is kind of like the sheep's head discussion yeah. for me. Uh, in my uh, my crystal, um, I don't know what you call the thing, but every lawyer that is in the decanter seems to have like a you know a crystal uh, container that they have their scotch that they pour out. So yeah. In that, I have a Macallan Twelve right now, which is a favorite of mine. Okay. A uh, buddy of mine got me some uh, Lismore. Uh, age 21 years. Liz Moore. I got uh, some uh, Glenn uh, Morangi from uh, a good friend out at uh, at Chives. So I've got a, kind of a, a wide uh, wide array there of, of options. Um, but, uh, but yeah, non anything non smoky is is something that usually uh, I like. I like it neat as well, which means no ice. Correct. I knew that. Yeah. Good. good. As opposed to on rocks. Yeah. Okay. Good. Two That's- fingers. Two fingers? Yeah, two fingers. I don't know what that means. One finger, two fingers. How much? That's how much you put in. Yeah. You measure by fingers. What if you have like fat fingers? Then you're gonna drink a lot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, Paul. This actually comes from our friend Sid. Um, Her friend Paul. She's apparently the surrogate question asker uh, today for him. He says he would like to know how acupuncture became part of your training and wellness routine. Was it something suggested by the trainers or another player? And did you add it to your routine in the off-season or on your own, or how did that come to be? No, Olivia actually actually uh, kind of got me out to it. She'd been working with uh, with a good one and uh, suggested it when we were um, on the bye out there for... Um, for your hamstring? No, when she was on the Fallon show, yeah. For the so I got some on, on my hamstring that week. Um, is it good? Is there? Do you have a local acu- acupuncturist, or are you flying someone in from Florida, from California every week? That's none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. There's there's great acupuncturists all over the place. Some of the guys use uh, wow. use some local folks, and some of the guys. Okay, I, that would I, I guess my point in asking that very intrusive today very was intrusive. it seems like that would be something that you better have a good one you don't want to hack. Yes, that, right. You're getting needles put into you, tiny ones, little tiny yeah. ones. Oh, okay. So, so if they don't know what the heck they're doing, that's fine. Um, 
<laughs> Jason says... Uh, you, have did, a, you have a needle phobia, don't you? Uh, well, a little bit, yeah. I don't want to have to get them poked into me unless I absolutely you know, need a shot or something. Um, what do you mean absolutely need a shot? When do you absolutely need a shot? Uh, you need your flu shot. I, I, I do. We usually get it at the what girls... What do you mean you? What do you mean you? I need it. Okay. I was using the global you. Uh, that felt like a... Uh, was that? It was more than a recommendation. It was like a. Uh, well, order. you have. I. I. Um, I find it interesting that we're having a discussion about needle phobia, and you're the one who doesn't like shots, right? You know, I'm just questioning the statement that you made. Unless you absolutely need a shot. I mean, when do you absolutely need a shot? If you're in the like hospital you like and you need a tetanus shot or something. Yeah, right. Sure, okay. you stepped on a rusty nail. All right. Well, that's a little different than, than ordering people to get flu shots here. Then we're getting. This. Well, I'm not. Uh, was I ordering you I, to get it one? Was a, it was a, you said the collective you. I, I, yeah. yeah. I don't want you to get sick. But then, as we discussed, after you had the flu in Tampa, that the strain of the flu that was going around that struck the Wildy Girls and a number of other people wasn't even covered by that flu vaccine. Which is my whole point exactly. I know, but but I thought it wasn't that you were against the flu shot. You were against shots. Like, you don't I'm like against, getting them either. I'm against unnecessary shots. Right. So, unless you absolutely need them is what well, you're I saying. I would say the flu shot falls in that category. But yeah, but I just used the absolutely phrase. You gave me a hard time about it. This is great. We're unbelievable. That's a good tangent there. Yeah. That was fun, People wasn't it? probably turn it off. So, now they can turn it back on. Okay. Now, we're back to the How are they going to know to turn it back on? They, yeah, they'll just... They they'll tune the into this. Yeah, okay. Yeah. On, they yep. they got to be done. Uh, Talk to each other. Okay, it's back. Well, now it's a great time. I'm going to do this one then. Good. Since uh, this, email is an email or is it? It's Twitter? an email. Oh, it's going to be. Really uh, good. Josiah says, Aaron, when you address Hold on. the, I don't think you said that right. Josiah, J O S I A H. Josiah. Josiah. I would bet. Yes. <laughs> I apologize, Josiah. What did you say? Josiah. Josiah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Jolius. Um. <laughs> you got me all flustered now. Uh, Aaron, when you address the media, you excel at speaking intelligently, encouragingly, and often at length about the quality of your teammates and the organization as a whole, a trait that exemplifies both your value as a leader and the Green Bay football culture. This is a Josiah is setting you up here, I think. Uh, I noticed is there during a butt coming. There's a. <laughs> I noticed during Sunday's post-game press conference that Jason's questions were somewhat lofty and philosophical. My question is this. Is Jason intentionally teeing you up for those speeches? I figure since you were zinging me, let's use that one. Are you intentionally teeing me up for what? I don't know, for your long, you know, expansive answers. I just thought I asked brilliant questions. What did you even ask? I don't even remember what you asked me. I asked, yeah, your question, your answer kind of stunk, quite honestly, to my last question, which was, did you learn anything today about your team, or did today confirm anything about your team that you already knew? You weren't feeling that. That was more of a Tuesday question. (laughs) So, I wanted to say my good answer. I thought maybe you might ask it again. I I wanted to say my good answer for the show. So, did uh, Sunday... Show you anything about your team that you didn't already know or confirm something you already knew about your team, Aaron? Nope. <laughs> that was well played. Well done. Uh, Steven asks, the British accent in the latest State Farm commercial, was that you or someone else? That's not a real question. <laughs> I think that's right? a real question. What? Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
It is pretty crazy how that took off. I'm just glad Adrian was back in it. Yeah, good to see him. You know, he's he's usually at the shoots doing parts, but it just depends on whether or not they put his part in there. And Adrian is the large, cheese-headed man <laughs> who has a big role in the movie The Life of Walter Mitty. Really? Yeah. So he's not a local actor? No, he's a... He's, he's a real... He's like kind a, of a big deal. He is? Yeah. Okay. He was also in... Uh, American Everyone's hustle. every every American hustle. everybody's all American. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Neither was Campy though. Uh, yeah, but he was in the uh, big role in Life of Walter. Have you seen that movie? I have not. The the I like the, it. the one with with ben, uh, Stiller. ben Stiller. Yeah, I thought it was good. Okay, and then what did you say? What was the while well, I was making a joke there about? And he was also in American, American Hustle. American Hustle. Short part, just okay. a little minute part. I'll have to check both of those out. Yeah. I saw Gravity. Obviously, he's more famous for the commercials. But. Of course. I saw Gravity on HBO. I know that was like a year and a half ago that was yeah. in theaters. Did you see it? I did. What did you think of that? Uh, I thought it was, I kind of, for whatever reason, I had lower expectations. I thought it was, it was it exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Sandra I, Bullock is a great actress. She's yeah. Amazing. And I thought the, the Clooney was great, too. Okay. Come back after American, which was one of the last movies I saw him in, The American. That you didn't like? I, didn't, I, didn't like I haven't seen that one. Did you see any of the movies that were up for the Golden Globes, though? Um, which happened the other I day. don't know which movies were up for the Golden uh, Globes. Birdman was up for it. I'm not the one to, to get a recommendation on Birdman, I'll be honest with you right now. I didn't. Uh, I saw it. And uh, although the cinematography is incredible, and there's some incredible performances by all the actors, actors and actresses involved, it was not uh, one of my favorite movies. I did see Foxcatcher as well. Steve Carell was unbelievable. Really? Yeah. Okay. I just want you to know that I had every intention of getting you out of here early because I know you're busy today. Um, and now we've gotten sidetracked. We have time for two Some more good questions. Stuff, we have time for a couple more. Go okay. You you sure? Yeah, go ahead. Why not? Okay. Let's give them what they want. This is the last show, right? Second to last show. Go ahead. Uh, Katie says, First, I want to thank you for promoting childhood literacy. My three-year-old son now knows how to spell relax, and he always says, Aaron Rodgers says that. Secondly, my theme for the Packers season, I don't I didn't know fans came up with their own themes, but uh is too legit to quit, as in this is a legit team. Keep the faith. We play it at our house and dance around sometimes on game day. In the spirit of nineties music, Aaron, would you consider playing too legit to quit in the locker room? Maybe you could get Hammer to pump the guys up before the Seahawks game. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen, but uh I don't think it, the song would would go over well. Yeah. Although there's a lot of a lot of guys on our team were actually born in, in the nine. one nine and then another nine. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, so I'm guessing you're not going to get hammer on the bandwagon, but I saw you had Charlie Sheen at the game on Sunday. I didn't realize that was him <laughs> for the majority of that uh, when he was on the scoreboard. I'll be honest with you. Who let you know it was him? I did, when I didn't he do like a throat slash or something? I believe he did. That, yeah. That's findable for you guys. Then I was like, who is that? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. It's Charlie Sheen. Yeah, he was winning. Um, and I saw Pearl Jam. One of the guys from Pearl Jam raised the 12th man flag at their game on Saturday. What do you mean one of the guys? It wasn't Eddie Vedder? I, I, no, it wasn't Eddie Vedder, so I don't know who else the guy was. Oh, okay. I don't know who it was. Um, how do you feel about kind of celebrity bandwagoners? Room for on. everybody? Yeah, bring it on. Who's, who's, who famous is on uh, your bandwagon? Alan DeGeneres. Right? Yeah. Olivia Munn, I assume, is on your bandwagon. Yeah, she's on it. <laughs> um, James Vanderbeek 
He and I had a little bit of a back and forth on the tweeter the other day. Look at you name dropping. Watch those feet. Watch out. Don't hurt yourself. What the feet? Dropping those names down. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want that. Yeah, yeah. He, his, his wife apparently is a Seahawks fan, mm. but he's a Packers fan, and he had tweeted that he Strife was. Strife in the Vanderbeek house. You're concerned yes. about that, I can tell. Anybody else? Is there any any, any celebrities that we're not aware of? Um, I don't know if you can call him a celebrity, and I'm saying that in jest because I hope he gets wind of this, but Brian Bumgarner mm-hmm. from The Office. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Paisley. He's a big, big Packer fan. Okay. Uh, the Jonas Brothers were here. This the weekend. Jonas Brothers were here this week. Yeah, two weekend. of them, Nick and Joe, were here. Okay. And uh, obviously Harry Styles, One Direction. Any chance any of them will be at the game on Sunday? I don't know. you got to ask them. Have a Twitter conversation, see if they tweet you back. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's me. I, uh, uh-huh. I can't believe you. All right, last one. Uh, Catherine says, I tore my left ACL mm. and medial meniscus playing soccer, and I have surgery this Monday. Uh, that might be yesterday, so... Get well soon. Uh, I know you tore your left ACL. Is that correct? I did. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering and if you some, could. Yeah, and some medial cartilage issues too. Yeah. Interesting. Um, well, we talked about the left side of you last week. Um, could you could you give me any tips for the rehab process or words and con- words of encouragement? Also, my brother says that you played on a torn ACL for four years before you had surgery. Can you confirm or deny that as a true statement? Yeah, I'll confirm that. Four years you played on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I have a lot of advice for that, and I feel like I'm uh, you know, a doctor, not in the Western sense of the word, but, uh, but kind of an honorary. <laughs> um, as far as knees well go, done. I have some, uh, some strong opinions about knees. I've under the opinion that, that you should do a cadaver uh, for an ACL replacement. Okay. Uh, I hope she's having the surgery next Monday and not yesterday then. I hope so, too. I've always felt that if you are cutting from your own tendon, usually the patellar tendon, which is used for ACL reconstruction, then your knee will never be the same. You're cutting away part of that tendon, so the tendon will never be 100%, so your knee, in, uh, you know, by association, will never be 100%. And I say that because there were two other guys who rehabbed the exact same time that I did uh, back then at, at, at Cal. Cal. And I was actually ahead of them uh, in the rehab, and they were... Um, Three months, uh, three months prior, their I surgeries were three months before yours. Yeah, and, and, you... and I attribute that to the the cadaver. Uh, they both had tendonitis that I never experienced, um, patellar tendonitis. Okay. And now the rehab is rough. I mean, it is the uh, the, the toughest thing. But you, what usually happens? I mean, you saw it with Adrian when he came back from his uh, his ACLs. A lot of times you come back stronger because you put so much time into those those legs with the rehab. Um, the biggest uh, advice I would I would say is that uh, listen to your doctor and try and get the the uh, the range of motion back uh, 100% and as quickly as possible because uh, once you get the range of motion back then then the rehab becomes a lot easier. And I unfortunately n- never got 100% of my range of motion back. Really? Yeah, which um, was due to some other complications that I had, uh, but uh, I got most of it back, okay. but, but not getting all of it back um, has given me some issues over the years, and that uh, and that's the most important thing, getting the range of motion back. But if you haven't had surgery yet, I would at least ask questions about uh, about patellar tendon or hamstring tendon, or I don't think anybody does Achilles tendon anymore, over the uh, the cadaver, um, which uh, 
which they always try and scare you and say it's a higher risk of tearing in the first five to ten years, which probably is the case. But With a cadaver one. With a cadaver one. you believe one. that's the right way to go? I do. Now, some people, I remember Brett Swain was, was anti-anything that wasn't coming from his body. And I, I respect that. You don't want any, any outside, uh, you know, uh, tendon or anything coming from, from some of his body. But uh, Was he worried about the... The risk, or was he worried? It, it, did he not want some dead guy's well, tendon in his leg? Probably that, uh, which didn't scare me. Uh, <laughs> probably that, and uh, the the low low percentage of infection and or the graft not taking. Okay, um, but um, but I'm I'm proof that uh, you know you can come back and and be stronger and quicker before the ACL. That's what I always like to say. I was a I was a four eight five before the surgery, and afterwards I ran four six six to the combine and forty so. <laughs> Must have, must have been a, a really athletic uh, person who donated their body to science. So I want to say thank you to whoever that person was and the life they led. Um, maybe you can go to med school after you get done with your football career. Dr. Like McKenzie would love to have you on staff. I'm, I'm already, Like I said, I'm already a doctor. Just not in the Western sense of the word. Exactly. We, will, uh, we will do this again next week. Last show. Uh, second to last show. Uh, we won't do one during Super Bowl week while you're in Arizona. That's me talking. Uh, and then we'll do it after you potentially win the MVP and after you uh, play in the Super Bowl. But we will uh, we'll do a show next week after the NFC Championship game. We see if we're talking about a victory or a defeat in the end of the season. Either way, you'll be listening then, as you were now, to the Aaron Rodgers Show.